Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Back to theory and theology. Um, so yeah, I was incorrect previously about the terminology for year of jubilee. So the year of jubilee is actually every seventh seven years. So on the 50th year... Um, after having seven of seven years, that's the 50th year, because seven times seven is 49. Um, that 50th year is the year when, you know, in Jewish tradition, as far as in the laws in Leviticus, um, people weren't working, working, uh, yeah, that the, the basically the slaves were able to reap um, the harvest and things like that, and so I was incorrect. Um, like I mentioned, I have not really fully studied this yet. I'm barely starting to study it. What I was talking about though is actually called the sabbatical year. Um, so what the sabbatical year is is every seventh year um, there's a um, that's the time period when um, I guess it's a sabbatical year or Sabbath year so that's the time period when um, it says like six years you would basically do the work like farming in particular is listed um as in sowing the field uh pruning the vineyards gathering their yield um and the seventh year is the sabbatical year um a complete rest for the land um Religiously, it mentions a Sabbath for the Lord, and the rules for the people are not sowing the field or pruning the vineyard, not reaping the aftergrowth of the harvest, or gathering the grapes of unpruned of the unpruned vine. Um, for it to be a complete year of rest for the land and eating whatever has been yielded within that six years um so it's the owner as well as male and female slaves any hired uh, bond laborers that live with you and also the livestock um and so i was incorrect in what i was labeling that as and in our common society nowadays, and this is from the beginning of Leviticus 25, but in our common society nowadays, we speak about a sabbatical. People take a sabbatical. It's not necessarily every seventh year, but it is still somewhat part of our work culture that people call it a sabbatical. They take 
a year off or they take less than a year off. Um, And I've known a couple professors that went on sabbatical. uh, Maybe like in my profession, I've known people who did the... um, uh, So the sabbatical, I've known people who have done maternity leave or paternity leave or a leave of absence these are all kind of different but um, I don't really know the specifics if it's like a paid year off or like what exactly happens and what a person does in our mainstream western culture and the one person that I kind of looked at a bit of a talk that they did it wasn't a sermon it wasn't like a full lecture it was just a little youtube clip of a man a christian man talking about um the year of jubilee and the sabbatical year i think mostly was talking about the year of jubilee he kind of talked about a quote that jesus made um, that was referring, it seems like the reference refers to, um, the book of Isaiah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the scripture that he quoted in the old, in the new Testament, I would have further questions about, um, it was during the portion when, uh, in Luke chapter four, um, In verse 16, specifically in verse 18, Jesus um, says, you know, um, uh, it's basically, I guess the title of that chapter in the Bible that I look at is um, the rejection of Jesus at Nazareth. And so it talks about when Jesus went to Nazareth, which is where he was born, or or where he was raised, not born. Uh, He basically went to the synagogue, um, and it mentions it was his custom to go to the synagogue and on the Sabbath, and it says he stood up and read. So I'm not 100% sure. When I think of this, was he called to read or what was the culture? Do they just read on their own or did he read being offered? I think in Jewish culture, from my understanding, you know, every week there's a Parsha. And the Parsha, the portion of Torah that's read, goes throughout the Jewish year for the most part. Uh, I think there are some weeks where there's some overlap during some holy days, like uh, during like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, like around that time. I think the Parsha is like maybe two weeks instead of one or something. I could be wrong, but um, uh, usually there in current day Jewish culture, Uh, modern times, the Torah portion for that week is broken up into daily segments and there's a portion that's um, dedicated towards what would be read in the 
in the service during the Sabbath, um, the portion for the Sabbath. Um, and then the Parsha ends when the Sabbath ends. It doesn't end on necessarily the end of the week. As we have the Gregorian calendar, it goes by the lunar calendar. And so because from Friday evening to Saturday evening, that's the seventh day of the week. And it the seventh day ends and then the first day technically starts once Sabbath is over Saturday night. So technically, the first day of the week starts Saturday, whatever the sundown time is. So today, the date is Friday the 13th. Um, the sunset time in my area is 5.06 p.m. Uh, and so 5.06 p.m. tonight is sundown meaning that tomorrow sundown will be at a similar time 506 or 507 p.m. and when it when the sun sets you know once that time is sunset the next minute is the next week because that starts the very beginning of day 1 of the first week i believe that people take that from Genesis where in the Bible at the beginning when you know even at the start when God created the first day they mentioned there was evening and there was morning and that was the first day so they mentioned first there was evening and then morning in the Gregorian calendar and not following a lunar calendar and following a sun calendar we typically use Sunday morning as the first of the week I've seen some cultures even use Monday morning as the first of the week. And so that that's how they justify the seventh day as Sunday, as the Sabbath, because Monday is day one and Sunday would be day seven. Uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But um, I know I'm going on a tangent with that, but um, technically that's kind of how that looks. And then um, so basically, I don't know if the reading that he's standing up to do is based on any portions of what's considered Ketuvim or um, Nevi'im, which is prophets and writings from what's considered Haftarah, which is, you know, a portion of other sections of the Old Testament that get included um in the weekly Parsha reading. And so, let me see. I believe, I don't think I'm going to find this. Let's see, I might. Uh, I didn't memorize it, so I don't think. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. Um, anyways, the portion of Isaiah that Jesus read um, in this English translation Bible of the New Testament says, um, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to, oh, I guess verse 19 says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And it says he rolled the he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Um and then Jesus spoke basically saying that I mean I'm kind of paraphrasing here. I'm not reading word for word. It says that uh Jesus said today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Um, and, you know, of course, the people were amazed. They're always, like, amazed by him. And, you know, they're questioning, you know, is this, is not this Joseph's son? Like, kind of like, um, you know, and then they start talk talking, you know. Uh, and he says, you know, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cheer yourself, and will say, uh, do hear also in your own hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. Um, so that's the scripture that this guy online was quoting um, in the New Testament in relation to the sabbatical year and the year of Jubilee. Now, I don't know if... It was talking about that verse 19 of Luke chapter 4 where it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor or just the concept of, you know, um, bringing good news to the poor, releasing the captives, sight to the blind, letting the oppressed go free, that kind of thing. Those kind of uh, ideas are um, relevant to the year of Jubilee. Um, and when I looked at what was said about the section, I think I deleted it though, in my history, in my phone history, I deleted the tab that I had opened. It was in, uh, Isaiah, um, I still know the exact place. I didn't mark it. Um... It was 60-something. Um, I don't know if I can find it. Um, let me see. Uh, okay, yeah. So Isaiah 61, verse 1. So it's... That verse says in this Bible... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release the prisoners. Um, and then verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Um... And then it continues to this other information. But um, 
I don't know if I don't know I'm saying I don't know I'm not saying I don't know as in this guy's wrong and I'm right and I have more knowledge about this but I'm curious to know if that sentence about to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor um if that year information and all those kind of concepts about you know um the news and you know about the oppressed people and the brokenhearted people and the captives and the prisoners um because um the part that it says Jesus quoted from the scroll is worded a little bit differently um about the poor and the captives and the sight to the blind and the oppressed going free um and I don't know for sure if that was part of a haftar portion that he was reading from the scroll or how it was that he was using the scroll um in his tradition I don't really know. I just don't know. I'm not saying that, like, I'm assuming he's wrong or I'm assuming I'm right. I'm just saying I don't know. So that's where I am with this so far. Those are the questions I have so far. I compared the other day those kind of word for word, the translation from uh, the quote that Jesus put versus the actual wording in Isaiah 61 verse 1. The words aren't word for word. So if he was reading it from the scroll, I wonder if the trans... I don't know. It, it's just weird to me that the translation is different in the same... Like in this Bible, the quote in Luke doesn't necessarily match the actual wording specifically word for word in Isaiah and I wonder about that I wonder what why I wonder why I mean this is 2,000 something years later at least and I don't know when the scroll was written that Jesus was reading from so it's 2,000 plus years old information comparing I mean Isaiah is way older than Jesus like Isaiah lived before Jesus like way before like he's in the Old Testament Jesus wasn't even born yet they didn't even live in the same time period um and Isaiah was considered a prophet in that time period so um and they had the scroll so things I'm curious about is that part of a partial reading because that would have been like a specific date that he would have been reading that portion on because it would have been like assigned to that time of the year um you can't just rogue like read scriptures like i think it's kind of pre-planned at least nowadays it seems to be pre-planned who's reading the portions um the parsha when it's available I mean, when it's the Sabbath and when you're in the the temple, um, you're not just like everybody runs up and reads as they feel like it. Like, um, now I can't recall if if when someone's giving an alia, if that's if that happens on the spot or if that's pre-planned, and I can't recall if that's only prayers 
or if you get to read the Torah portion, a bit of the Torah portion as well, I can't recall that part of the tradition, um, what an alia is, but I know people are given an alia, which is a form of something that they're reciting at the front of the congregation every week, and there's a certain amount of alias given, um, and I don't recall if that's, like, pre-planned or if they just say on the spot, this person's reading this aliyah, and this one person's reading this one, and this one, this one, um, it's, like, a part of the congregation participation, um, and, you know, different people get given them, and in modern traditions, I've seen, in, in like the online services I've seen you know people are given the readings and there's always like a cantor and a rabbi and people up there to like assist them if they're not like super skilled it's not like people are going up there fully memorizing all this stuff all the time and just like saying it um but there's that form of participation where it's not just one like in the church Christian churches there tends to be like one single person pretty much going up reading all the stuff talking about all the stuff like yeah there's different people there's like the praise music people and the people who do the prayers the people who do the offering the people who do different stuff but usually once the sermon starts there's not like other people participating usually it's the pastor or a guest pastor or somebody of some kind of authority or testimony talking i feel like it's not so religiously interactive like on the religious traditions inter- as interactive as a Jewish congregation might be um, and him being allowed to speak um, has some meaning to it as well him reading from the Torah or from the it wasn't the Torah actually if it's Isaiah he's reading from the scroll um, so it says he read from the scroll but the part that this guy on YouTube was saying is from Isaiah. I'm not 100% sure if it's about the year of Jubilee or the, the sabbatical year or what. And um, I know often, you know, in Christian tradition, we're taught when Jesus is talking, it's also, there's usually people are trying to point to Jesus identifying himself as the Messiah in, or trying to like point out some of the wrongs that you know the Jewish culture is kind of like not doing accurately um and so I'm just curious about that like what was he reading was it Isaiah is it about the year of Jubilee or not I mean I can see the kind of overlapping themes um or the overlapping uh you know with the sabbatical year even like, just that point of, like, rest and, like, replenishing, you know, people not having to be uh, slaves anymore or oppressed and all that kind of stuff. Like, everybody having their freedom. Um, but I feel like a lot of times we are taught to look at the Bible in retrospect. I wonder, Jesus' motives from his m- motives, not from necessarily what the church teaches he was doing but what was he actually doing um was that his purpose um if you read those sections you can decide that for yourself but I think it's pretty um 
interesting. So with that, I am going to log off here, have some lunch, get over to the gym, go to the beach, got to do a little bit of shopping, and uh, that's how far I've gotten on this little bit of study. I'm still looking into it because it's a curious topic. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening.